Hi. Hi. How you doing? Fine. <laughs> I'm doing fine too. Awesome. Like a fine wine. Hmm. Yeah, That's I'm definitely I'm... aged as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a like a fine wine that's sparkling. Hmm. Yeah, fine sparkling water. In a sea of nothingness. Wow. Sparkling water all around. Yep. Sparkling but not water. Not a drop to drink. <laughs> yes, because it's nothingness. It doesn't exist. <laughs> See, it's like it's it's all black and you're buried <laughs> under dirt. Wow. Yep. That's uh <laughs> And that's, that's the theme a, of the show. This that, week. That's the theme of the show. We're going to be buried under dirt, and we're going to be flowing through the um, the atmosphere like fine sparkling wine and yeah. sparkling water. Yeah. Welcome to Buried in Black podcast. Yeah. This, uh, in case you haven't noticed, there's a radical <laughs> format change. Uh, we're going to now be talking about yeah. nothingness and death. Mostly the void. And the and the cold embrace of it. <laughs> yes. And we're going to be sometimes jumping into the void. Oh wow. <laughs> into the void. Okay. Shit. talking to you eric i know who oh. you are i'm just i'm talking yeah. about uh, uh well i mean i guess we could like tell each other we never really did get into like our life story of who we actually are like on this podcast yeah i suppose like well my name is dan i'm 42 years old and i am an aspiring uh person you're aspiring to be a person <laughs> yeah uh, some kind of person i haven't quite gotten there yet I I want to be a human, a human, a Hugh Jack manager. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a Jack manager. Oh, maybe I could go back in time and be a Jack's manager. Oh yeah, oh man, <laughs> Jack's. Yeah, that leads right into my life story. My name is Eric, and I am forty-seven years old, and I bought a. Velvet Underground cassette at Jack's when I was little, and it changed my life. What uh, what Velvet what Velvet Underground oh, cassette and, was it? And Nico. And uh, oh, okay. And yeah. the reason I bought it is because it had a banana on it. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah. that you had no no prior knowledge to the Velvet Underground at all mm -hmm. at that point. I liked it because I thought the singer sounded like. The Violent Femmes, singer Gordon Gano. Sure, sure. When in so fact you, Gordon was influenced by Lou. It's hilarious. <laughs> so you were you were into the Violent mm. Femmes already at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm trying to remember what was that your first cassette you ever bought that you that you recall? I don't know. My first cassette was probably like Led Zeppelin II or something. Oh, okay, okay. I'm trying to remember what or the doors. I liked all that. Like I don't know, like early middle school age was like all about 
seventies, sixties, hippie stuff. I don't know why that was popular at the time, but I don't know. Yeah, my uh, well, my dad was into classic rock and the mm-hmm. blues. Like his favorite artists were like Sammy Hagar, Ted Nugent. And, uh, you know, like um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, those were like the three big, the three big ones I remember. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think I may have disappointed him when I, when I decided that I wanted to buy my first cassette tape, which of course I didn't actually, I didn't actually buy it. My parents were just like, Hey, you can pick out a cassette. And what I remember, this is the earliest one I remember was, Mm -hmm. He's the DJ. I'm the rapper by DJ mm, Jesse Jeff mm-hmm. and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, that would be the first one that I seem to recall. Nice. I, I want to say there were some before it. I may, there may or may not have been. I don't really. I honestly don't remember this. Uh, but I was obsessed with Huey Lewis in the news. And mm. you like Huey Lewis in the news? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the sports album that I listened to oh, yeah. over and over sports. again. Classic. Yep. It is a great record, but ESPN classic sports. I am thinking, (laughs) I am thinking, yeah, I used to just listen to ESPN. That's what it was. (laughs) I think I owned a cassette copy of that. There may Hmm. be a possibility that that might've been the first cassette tape that I bought. What else is going on? I tried to look up some music news and, and came up with nothing, nothing happened. Only thing I saw is that they they lost a jet, a fighter jet, which is funny because I lost a jet fighter. You lost a jet fighter? No, there's <laughs> a um, a butthole surfer song on uh, called Jet Fighter, mm-hmm. and it's really the only good song on their album uh, Weird Revolution, their last mm. record. Have you ever listened to that record? Nope. It's a very strange. It doesn't sound like it's good though. It's very, it's very strange. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's not good, mm-hmm. but I would say that it's, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. It's just strange. There's some songs on it where they were clearly, it sounded like they were clearly trying to fit in with the, what was going on in the mainstream of like the year 2001. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Or whenever it came out, hmm. like, like to the point of like, like there's like the the big single literally sounded like you know something like I don't know bare naked ladies or something. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Yeah, it was Weird. it was a strange record, but there was there was some interesting stuff on it. But yeah, Jet Fighters like the uh, the one song that I remember, and then uh, you know when I saw that they lost a uh, a fighter jet, uh, I was like, well, I lost a jet fighter. So yeah, which I mean. Yeah. I guess I, I did play yeah, video like playing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was totally successful, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Were you about to talk sense. about Afterburner? <laughs> oh, the uh, ZZ Top album is that? No, the the uh, video game at the bowling alley. It's oh, F F fourteen. Uh huh. Yeah, uh-huh. and it was like I a, remember that an now. Airplane. This is the I best. remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't uh. ZZ Top did have a record called Afterburner, I think. Yeah, they sure did. And was that the one that had that Pearl Necklace song on it? Maybe. I don't know for sure. I know on the cover was their uh, Eliminator car, but it had become a spaceship. Right, right, right. Everybody went <laughs> spacey for at least one album 
it seemed like you know yeah you had you had your turbo yeah that's what i was just thinking maybe we should do a mashup after turbo (laughs) after turbo (laughs) well or turbo burner uh, i don't know which is better we all turbo burner i like that one too actually yeah which one is better after turbo uh we all know what happened oh at the turbo that's where you take lessons as a non-traditional student (laughs) the turbo oh my god or like you know at the drive-in we're at the turbo at the turbo (laughs) at the turbo (laughs) we all know what actually happened to judas priest after turbo though and that is they made the heaviest goddamn <laughs> album they possibly could to make up for Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, record is that? I don't even pain, know. Uh, Painkiller. Oh yeah, Painkiller. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Came out in 1990. It's like that's where they like. I don't know. I think they were listening to like some of the up and comers at the time, and they mm-hmm. were like, "Well, let's try and do this thrash thing," you know? Yeah, isn't that funny when that happens? Like. New wave of British heavy metal inspires thrash, and then thrash inspires the yeah. bands that inspired that. Yeah. Well, and the same thing can be said for like grunge and hair metal. Like the hair metal bands sure as hell were inspired by the grunge bands when they realized mm-hmm. that uh, their bank accounts were not as big as they once were in the nineties. Yeah, that's for sure. Because <laughs> I remember e- even Def Leppard made a grunge album. Wow, grunge leopard. <laughs> grunge leopard. Gross. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, uh I seriously just typed grunge leopard into Spotify as if that were gonna bring something up. Oh, oh god, geez. I bet the images are great on that. <laughs> uh I'm always doing research while we're talking. While we're actually recording yeah. instead of doing it before. <laughs> well, we would how would we know what we were gonna talk about? <laughs> That's true. We just make up what we're going to talk about. That's that's the great thing about our show is we can just make up the news. You yeah, know? Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, mean, you just need a small disclaimer. Well, and no one knows the difference, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just like, oh, that's why I never heard about this story. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Buried in Black, where we lie about the news. <laughs> <laughs> Into the void. Into the void. Oh, man. Wow. Well, I don't, know. I don't know. Oh, did you see those aliens in Mexico? There were aliens in Mexico. Oh, yeah. The government has mummified aliens and they brought them out and showed everyone. You should like, look it up real quick. I want, you to, I want you to see these aliens. So, I mean, is this like, is this breaking news like right now or has this been out for uh, a while? Maybe for like a week now, I guess. Huh. I wonder why I don't recall this at all. Uh, maybe I they, know- uh, zapped your brain like men in black (laughs) i am just a figment of your imagination you didn't see nothing kid yep aliens in new mexico no in regular mexico old mexico oh aliens in mexico okay old mexico (laughs) (laughs) the original mexico yeah all right, so uh, Mexico's controversial thousand-year-old alien bodies undergo lab tests. Oh, wow. Oh, you know what? I do think I actually did see this, yeah. Yeah, they look uh, pretty looks real, like, right? <laughs> looks kind of like E.T. Yeah, yeah, it looks totally real, 100%. Looks, yeah, yeah. And they, I uh, like how uh, is... even though they're a desiccated uh, old mummy body, they still have, like, 
nasal cavities and I don't know what else, nipples probably. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> all that stuff's still there. Didn't rot away or anything. Yep. Nope. It didn't at all. Yeah. This yep. doesn't look like it's clay, like made out of clay or cement at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not at all. This yeah. doesn't look like. Oh. Um, I think you can literally see the fingerprints in the clay. <laughs> now this is gonna. This is this is gonna sound. Um, this is gonna be uh, a stretch. Like most things that I say are. Now, are you familiar with Tom DeLong from Blink-182, the mm -hmm. guitar player? Yeah. And are you familiar about his whole thing where he like um, uh, was actually like, uh, I don't know, he talked about like after he left Blink-182 about being abducted by aliens. Mm -hmm. And he had like a song called Aliens Exist on their album Enema of the State. And mm -hmm. he ended up like, I don't know, he was involved in like, he actually was in like government classified documents as like helping like with, I don't know, like trying to find UFOs or something. I, I don't know the whole story there, but um, wow. anyway, and then he just recently rejoined Blink-182 and I find hmm. it kind of interesting that all of this is coinciding with like him rejoining mm. blink 182 like they're finding aliens in mexico yeah. and how'd they get there what the fuck do i know flying saucers and <laughs> and and he's joining blink 182 again yeah they should call it project blue blink 182 <laughs> blue blink <laughs> it's like oh, yeah wonder... we're here on tour but also we have to go out to this uh ufo landing site and get some samples but then we'll yeah, be right yeah. back for sound check <laughs> i don't know i mean i i kind of like blink 182 for what they are you know they're not not my thing 100 but i think like i did listen to their album uh, dude ranch quite a bit when i was hmm. in high school dude. i don't think i've heard it i mean i've heard some singles yeah you know, well this, this angels and airwaves looks kind of cool the second one looks just like the uh uh, cover of that Moonwalker movie from Michael. Right, <laughs> right, right. Moonwalker. Yeah, it really, does. dude. I used to have that video game for Sega Genesis. Sega! Was the music as good as Goonies? It was like uh, it. What it was is it was Smooth Criminal, but it was like oh. an eight-bit oh, version yeah. of Smooth Criminal. Yeah, like yeah, you gotta you gotta include the. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, um, Tom DeLong, very interesting fellow. Very interesting fellow. And uh, yeah. he spent most of his, like what he's most known for is writing, uh, you know, these, you know, like just pop punk songs, you yeah. know, about girls and stuff like that. But there Supposedly. he is. Supposedly. Supposedly it's about, maybe, maybe girl is a code word for alien with oh, them. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but, you know, there's also a bunch of other people that write records. Write um, them. They write them and then they put them out. Yeah. We we listen to some of them. That's true. We can't listen to all of them. But then we also kind of review them, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And yeah, uh, we're really circling the drain on what <laughs> we do on this program. Yeah, yeah. You're we're really find out pretty soon. <laughs> we're explaining. <laughs> we're explaining ourselves, Eric. It's about time. Thanks for it? listening to the first half hour, having no idea what the fuck we do on this show. We were going in a we were going in a direction, ladies and gentlemen. It was a direction. <laughs> yeah, it all leads to this moment. Come on, everybody. It's record time. Let's talk about some records god damn it all right so this first record that i picked for this episode is by a group called nadja that's n-a-d-j-a the record is called labyrinthine uh came out uh in 2022 and i have been uh hoping to cover it pretty much since then Kind of like the last record I reviewed. For some reason, I've been sitting on a couple records. But yeah, so Nadja is a Canadian group. It's made up of Aiden Baker, who does guitar, drums, piano, woodwinds, vocals, and Leah Buckareth, who does bass and vocals. And um, they play what they refer to as dream sludge. And I think it's about as apt of a description as you're going to get. I love this record. I have listened to it probably three times, which actually is kind of a big commitment because the songs are really long, like really, really long. There's four tracks. I think it's an hour long. And yeah, so multiple listens, kind of hard to fit in, but there's something in this that, I don't know, keeps me coming back. So anyway, what we have here, it's um, super heavy brutal, painful, doom, like just sludgy, very slow doom. But there's also other elements too. It's also really beautiful and meditative and calming in its own way. If I really had to boil this down to how it sounds to me, it's some sort of strange combination of like conate level sludge mixed with cowboy junkies i know that's insane but there's just a couple different things happening that seem like they wouldn't go together but somehow they it's really great so you have these moments of like excruciating crushing heaviness and the vocals sort of reflect that in certain songs terrifying vocals like for real uh, I can remember a few times in my life where I heard something where it either actually scared me or I was scared for the artist. Like I didn't, it, it, I didn't quite trust that everything was okay, that this wasn't just music, you know? A um, couple of examples of that for real, Con 8, first time I heard it scared me to death. Uh, skinny Puppy back when I was a kid. I, I couldn't believe how terrifying that was to listen to. Um, just things along that line. But yeah, especially the last track on this record is possibly the most brutal thing I've ever heard. And I know that I, I'm a very hyperbolic person on this show, but honestly, it's in the top five most brutal, terrifying, heavy songs I've ever heard. And I'll stand by that. But... The flip side of that, of all this, is 
it's like interwoven at times with this sort of like um, Americana vocal style uh, or maybe even uh, dream pop like or shoegaze like it has this vocal element like I said kind of like cowboy junkies or uh, even Mazzy Star or something like that. One thing I like about it though is they sort of go every other song with these kind of sounds. So the first one is like super brutal, crushing, guttural vocal delivery. And it works really well. And you think you know what's happening. And then the second song starts and it has a completely different vibe. Then you're sort of into like a ambient drone almost. Um, still very heavy guitar tones. All of it's just really falling apart, breaking up, super slow and and uh, glacial it's a really a, a cool mixture but yeah so then the third song also has sort of those um more standard type vocals and the fourth one like i said is just outrageous so i think if you don't necessarily care for the first track maybe give the second track a listen and if you don't care for the second one you know go to the fourth one like i really think there's enough here that's very different but it is sort of held together like i found myself really immersed in it i think it's just slow noisy unrelenting but also like i said comforting in a weird shoegazy sort of um dreamy way and uh i don't know i i don't really know what else to say about it except i literally have shown this to every person that i've talked to in the past two weeks i've like been like you have to listen to this you have to listen to this and i just found it to be really cool really different and re-listenable and that's kind of a big deal we all are short on time we're all busy and for this to make it into my ears four times over the course of a couple weeks is a pretty big deal so anyway um things that it reminded me of uh con eight like i already said jesu cowboy junkies mazzy star i can see where the vibe is really similar to like lingua ignata um but I do think the approach is a little bit different. Um, something like My Bloody Valentine, for sure. Maybe even Cocteau Twins. I don't know. It's a very hard thing to describe, but when you hear it, it makes sense. And I loved it, and I'm glad I finally got to talk about it. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, this uh, this record was extremely intense. The four songs, uh, like I don't think any of them are under like... 13 minutes long and so it is in that sense if you're not equipped to listen to longer songs i could see how it could kind of be a challenging listen but i think one of the things that it does is it, it doesn't ever get boring or uninteresting and as a matter of fact in a lot of the cases i think it actually gets more interesting as as the time goes on but yeah, just overall, it's very dark, very doomy, very sludgy, drony. All of the all of those words. The guitar tone and bass tones are both just nuts. Uh, I mean, just really gnarly and some really great intense drumming. Um, and one of the things that um, I really liked about it is the production because you can definitely tell that there's a um, healthy interest in experimentation. Like the way that the guitars kind of sound it's almost like 
noise rock production to me in that sense. Like it almost, some of it reminds me of like uh, some of the amphetamine reptile stuff, like back in the nineties, like the eighties and nineties. And the vocals are just extremely devastating high pitched shrieks that really, I mean, it, it's almost like black metal, almost borderline like scrams, like old school screamo type stuff. Um, but then it becomes hauntingly beautiful other times, which that that kind of puts me in mind of like, uh, well, as Eric said, like PJ Harvey style vocals or like sort of like almost like 90s. Yeah, shoegaze, dreamy, alternative. Mazzy Star definitely comes to mind for sure. But yeah, the songs are very epic and the entire record is just totally epic. And uh, I don't have much more to say about it. I just think um, I do agree, Eric, that uh, I think that it wouldn't be too difficult to, you know, find something that you like, especially if you're into like any of any of that stuff, whether it be like the dreamy shoegazy stuff or whether it be like just straight up brutal no holds barred black metalish vocals like mm-hmm. metal the stuff that this reminded me of number one first and foremost especially because of the vocals really reminded me of today is the day mm-hmm. and also the production really reminded me of today mm-hmm. is the day in the again kind of experiment experimental side uh steve austin is very um he's got a a, just a knack for experimental production when it comes to metal and it i really think that you know this reminded me of that the approach the presentation everything also black water holy light um some of it reminded me of like ohm or even even black sabbath um and uh some of it reminded me of earth but yeah pj harvey um and then also just like i don't know i heard elements of like the uh mid-era dark throne where they were kind of doing more of the sludgier stuff and um yeah lingua ignata definitely has a similar vibe to something like that i would even say like isis um Mm -hmm. you know yeah, all of that stuff. Mazzy Star for sure. My Bloody Valentine for sure. It's all there. All really, really, really good stuff. So yeah, um, really dug it a lot. Nice. What'd you think of the vocal on the last song? Oh man, it was it was like you said, it was just insane. <laughs> I, I have no other way to like describe it. And that's another thing that it reminds me of. Again, going back to today, today is the day. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like. I don't know. I feel like there was a lot in common there. And, uh, you know, it's also just really like hard for me to really like explain exactly what Mm -hmm. it is because it's such an uh, otherworldly sort of sound that these guys achieved, I believe. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, You know, like I said, don't, I mean, don't be put off by the fact that the songs are are long because it's, Mm It, they just keep getting more and more interesting as time goes on, I think. And yeah. as the album goes on. And I do think that there's sort of a buildup when Eric's talking about the uh, vocals of the last song. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There's a buildup to that almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just sort of like everything just kind of goes like haywire at that point, yeah. you know? And 
like you feel like something's breaking down or something you know mm -hmm. yeah 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 totally totally yeah great great pick Eric, for sure nice comes from a band called Snooper and the name of this record is Super Snooper. So Snooper is a band from Nashville and uh, they were formed by uh, musician Connor Cummins and video visual artist Blair Trammell. And then the other members are uh, Cam Serrett, Happy Hogan, and Ian Teeple. Um, so it's definitely garage rock. There's really no other, um, no other genre to put it in, but there's a lot of elements of other things going on. There's definitely some psych rock going on here. Definitely some straight up punk, uh, no wave elements, a little bit of noise. And there also, I think is some healthy humor in here as well. There they're signed to third man records. Jack white actually signed them and put out this record. Um, if you look on Spotify through like their discography, they have a whole bunch of EPs dating kind of as far back as like 2017, I think. And one of the things that I noticed is that um, the EPs for the most part have all songs that are on this record. So I don't know if this is, like a compilation of like EP tracks, or if this is re-recorded versions of older songs, not really sure. Uh, but in any case, it flows together really well. It's um, the recording is extremely lo-fi um, in a really good way. It's, it's very dense sounding sometimes and also very dizzying at times. Uh, some of the, so the songs are generally really fast. And there just seems to be a lot of, I don't know, it's a blast. It's just a really, there's really fun attitude. And yeah, there's there's some really funny samples. Um, the guitars are just really in your face. And the vocals have like sort of this sort of like sneering quality to it. Not in an angry way, but just more like, like a ha ha, you know, like sort of way, like almost like it almost sounds like they're getting away with something, you know, I know that that kind of sounds ridiculous, but you know, uh, I don't know. I definitely get like sort of like a fun sense of humor from it and it's consistently that way throughout. Yeah. Just really, really fun riffs. It gets very robotic and angular at times, which it never gets boring. And in fact adds to like, you know, 
interesting quality about it. I think there's some synths involved in it. Definitely some guitar effects. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it just keeps getting better and better as you listen to it, I think. It's very adventurous. And yeah, overall, I just think this is just a really fun sort of rock record. Um, as far as things it reminded me of, Cherry Cheeks, um, definitely Devo, um, X-Ray Sacks, uh, Brainiac, Lost Sounds, Whirlwind Heat. I mean, just, you know, Jay Retard, um, all of that stuff. And uh, But it 100% has its own thing going on and its own sound. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, what'd you think, Eric? Yeah, I thought it was super fun. It is all those things. It's like jerky and spazzy and super high energy, just kind of no wavy punk, like fun punk. I don't know. You know, there's the term pop punk, which I think is a kind of a specific thing. But I think there's other kinds of punk that share elements of it, but aren't that thing. And uh, I think this could fall into that. It's fast. It's catchy but it's got a way different vibe. So, um, but yeah, the songs are quick and severe, if that makes any sense. And like I said, super fun. The arrangements on this are actually what sort of, for me, sets it apart from a lot of other things I've heard that are in the same vein. The interplay between the instruments is really pretty intricate. The guitars, for the most part, are like soloing in places that aren't designated for a solo to be happening. And it's really cool. And then they'll come in and just do these like scronky, dissonant chords, very Devo in the approach and tones in that sense. Like when you listen to Devo, a lot of times uh, the guitar will just be playing sort of a, a lead. It's not really doing what it's supposed to do, you know? And I think they utilize that on here too. But yeah, and then a lot of like sliding sort of, power chords um not that they use a slide but it has that kind of movement it kind of reminded me of um the guitar playing on fear they use a lot of that sort of sliding movement yeah the bass is plucked out and driving very dynamic you know just keeps the whole thing moving which isn't a lot of heavy lifting considering the drums uh they're super tom heavy super driving the bass and the drums together are just moving these songs along um i especially love the sound of the bass drum you can really hear how quickly the drummer is playing the bass drum and it it just has a really cool sound um in the production the vocals like dan said they're super snotty wild uh the production of them is extremely overblown sort of not really a distortion but just that sound of uh recording in the red and just letting things be overblown uh really brash uh, across the board in the approach like this isn't um mellow in any way like this is not music you put on to relax uh but it, like i said it's super fun um i got to see uh greg wheeler and the poly mall cops the other day oh and um i feel like they're they sort of um I think they could share a bill pretty mm. well, you know, like the level of energy. I can just imagine this group snooper not stopping in between songs and just like barreling through and just having so much energy. And yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, things that it reminded me of bow, wow, wow, 
um, especially with the tom work and the approach to the guitar, and then I guess vocally as well a little bit. Um, Brainiac, Poly Six or Poly Sykes, I've never actually known how to say that. Jay Retard, uh, Servotron, and the OCs, especially in some of the guitar effects and vocal effects too. Um, yeah, I did also forget to mention that there is synth synths and samples kind of periodically throughout, but I don't feel like they take up enough space to like really be a supportive role. They're sort of more like um, just little jabs of sonic strangeness, you know, which is a, an effective use of that. I think it's not, there's not usually synths running through the whole track, but when they come in, you're like, Oh, that's a crazy ass sound. So, uh, and honestly, I think if I had to boil this down, that's what I would come up with is like, what's the craziest way we can deliver this extreme energy and have fun. I thought it was great. Awesome pick. From uh, from a local source, keep it local, is from Iowa City, um, and it's a group called Lou Sherry. Uh, the name of this record is More Now Than Then, and I freaking love this. I could not find any information uh, about Lou Sherry as far as like who's in the band. In any case, it is extremely impressive. Like this is. I've listened to this like several times, just like all the releases um, that we, uh, you know, I always try to listen to everything we review at least three times in different settings, Uh, you know, like with headphones on at home, in the car, things like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so I listened to this, I'm guessing probably five times in the last couple of weeks, which, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but as, as you pointed out, Eric, it is a lot when you, you know, when you got other things going on and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I I kind of have, I feel like I'm almost like halfway to sort of like having my finger on the pulse of what exactly is happening, but then I can't quite get there. And that's what I love about it. It's, it's a really... Um, It's a really interesting take. This is kind of like how I would describe it. It's a really interesting take on, um, dare I say, Yacht Rock in some cases. I know that that might kind of sound like a bad word, but I, you know, I, I unironically like a lot of that stuff. And so definitely not, you know, putting it down by any means, but the arrangements the instruments on this are like it honestly is 
some of the most solid stuff I've heard just coming from, I mean, not only Iowa, but just anywhere in general, it's, it's done so well. And I feel like there's a specific type of thing that it's trying to accomplish. If that makes any sense that I feel it totally a hundred percent succeeds in they i i did find like a description of lou sherry because they have played a couple of shows uh recently so so i did come across that and they kind of described it as like doom lounge and to be perfectly honest i can't think of a better description it starts off with a uh a song that is almost like i don't know it kind of has like a old show tunes quality to it vaudevillian i guess um and he has a great bass slash baritone to his voice and it just you know carries the song perfectly and there's piano and there's bass and there's percussion and guitars and the tones are just awesome uh but then it delves into kind of like this I don't know. The best way I could describe it is almost like sci-fi doom lounge, I guess. Um, and that's the second song. And forgive me, but I can't, I can't remember the actual song titles. And uh, my phone just died, so I can't, at the moment, I can't look up the song titles. But fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's just uh, the rest of the album then kind of it sort of touches on all kinds of things um lounge music free jazz but also kind of like a i don't know like circus music or something for lack of a better way to describe it It, it's just a really really cool experience i feel like this this record is and um i can only imagine the type of the type of show they put on i i really really enjoyed this a lot as far as the stuff that this reminds me of um, Tom Waits, Ben Folds Five. Um, you're going to have to help me a little bit here, Eric. Who's the uh, composer of the Twin Peaks? Angelo. Yeah, Angelo Badalamenti. Yeah, Badalamenti. And then isn't there like also the, um, what is it? Uh, who's the singer that sings? Um, Julie Cruz. Wh- Julie Cruz. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So reminds me a lot of this, that kind of stuff. I would say even like fans of like Billy Joel and Steely Dan. I don't know, a little bit of Dresden Dolls. Like I said, it, it, it's it's just a really interesting take on this type of music to me. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's really impressive. And uh, yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about it. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Lou Sherry. This was cool. Like, really cool. I um, wasn't sure what it was going to be like from the first song. Like you said, it's uh, pretty vaudevillian. It almost reminded me of um, maybe like Tiny Tim. Uh, Mm. And, but I mean, really well done and cool. Um, But yeah, very theatrical. Like, not quite theatrical to a funny extent like playing in the show tonight by ween or something but uh 
you know, not too far from that same musical idea. Um, it felt like a opening to a, a musical or a play, like it was, you know, that level of theatrics. Um, and then, yeah, from there it goes lots of different places. Uh, the songs vary quite a bit, but I feel like the piano and the voice unite it all into sort of a singular vision and feel. So even if the music starts to, you know, explore some different realms or go in different places, I think the whole thing's very grounded through the piano um, and the voice. The piano tones, a lot of the times it's just like a regular piano sound, but there are electric pianos as well, which I think is what sort of is making you think of like yacht rock kind of stuff is that electric piano tone that's almost inseparable from you know the feel of seals and croft and things like that um but yeah the what i liked a lot about this too is the piano parts function at times almost like loops like they're like repeated riffs or phrases on the piano and then from there the songs are built up and it's a really cool sort of foundational approach for building the songs on um i think it keeps it cohesive and also just yeah it makes for a really nice open platform for building on the harmonies of the vocals are really subtle and rich they always serve to sort of bolster the main vocal um instead of being like equals you know um they're really subtle but they're there and they they sort of just yeah like i said bolster the main vocal uh the other instruments on this are superb i would love to know who played on it and if it's all one person nice job the drums are really cool solid and loose very malleable uh changes for each song you know one song might have just a really straight kind of loose groove at a time the other songs might have like just a real focus on like really uh, intricate hi-hat work, things like that. Just really uh, confident drumming, really cool. Basses in the pocket, really moving and explorative, following the rhythm and the melody at times, whatever's needed in that moment. And the guitars are really interesting and cool. They, um, they lead me to uh, talking about what this really reminds me of. Uh, the guitars have like a frip, feel to them um like robert fripp from the eno records and i think some bowie records too maybe but a uh, real swirling sustained warbly chorus like um uh, just a really specific sort of sound um and it reminded me of sort of a certain um i don't know period of brian eno's music um it reminded me a lot of that um and the pianos too, the way the pianos are used. I think you could listen to Taking Tiger Mountain or Another Green World and, and hear a lot of similarities. Yeah, the vocals are really cool. Like, I don't know how to say it. They're really um, tender. They're just really cool. Uh, usually a baritone voice is somewhat synonymous with like being boisterous or or something like that. But the baritone voice on this is it's soft and it's kind of warbly and uh rich it it has 
yeah, tenderness to it that is really cool. But it's uh, it's really theatrical too in its own way, um, like theatrical in a timid way, which is a really nice dichotomy. It's a a really cool way to deliver sort of an emotion through a vocal performance. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's vaudevillian. It's jazzy. It's somehow super familiar and accessible, but at the same time hidden and sort of from somewhere else that being familiar with it, I don't think is the goal of this music at all. I think it wants you to look through that a little bit. Um, but yeah, things that it reminded me of, like I said, Brian Eno, uh, Nick Drake, uh, Brian Ferry, Leonard Cohen. Um, and then as far as the piano, maybe like Joe Jackson or squeeze or something like that, like a really heavy piano presence in the music. Um, but yeah, I I loved it. I hadn't heard much about Lou Sherry, and so I'm glad you picked it. Nice, nice one. Definitely, uh, definitely interesting. I also need to add that um, this reminded me a bit of morphine. Mm. Nice. <laughs> There's some morphine. Snooper did not remind me of morphine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Snooper reminded me of anything. Well, if you're talking about the actual drug morphine, mm. Snooper reminded me more of like, you know, speed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is Which, this a cry for help, by the way, Dan? Is this well, secretly you uh, telling us you're on morphine and okay? So this problem? is <laughs> so this is something. This is something I, I have a question about. Is there a band called Speed? Speed. Yeah. I don't. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's. I mean, a there's a called... really great movie called Speed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Keanu. Dennis Hopper's finest film. Did you know that um, Keanu Reeves had that band Dogstar in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They opened for some people. Huh. I don't remember who, but somebody. I'm sure they opened wow. for somebody. Um, <laughs> it looks like there's only about maybe five or six bands called Speed. So not really. Oh, so there are bands called Speed. Okay. I was <laughs> well, just you know, 
They have well, because I mean, you know, after listening to morphine, you might need yeah. a little dose of speed. And yes, yeah. it is a cry for help. Um, <laughs> but uh, so help, help. Uh, okay, so help. I want to need uh, some morphine help. help. <laughs> I need some Not morphine. just any morphine help. help. <laughs> you know, I need some drugs help. help. <laughs> yeah, we're we're being serious, by the way, guys. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to roll it back to a conversation that we've been Uh-oh. having for about a month now. Shit. And that okay. is um, the whole thing about how we're going to end our show. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I did see where there was somebody who, uh, in our, on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. who said that he never thought he felt that we were ripping anybody off. And yeah. He actually likes that ending. Who was that? Sid Benedict? I think it was Sid Benedict. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Sid Benedict. He's one yep. of our oldest, I mean, longest listeners. <laughs> I don't yeah, think gotta, he's one of the oldest. <laughs> you got to be careful with the terminology there for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, what if we tried to do a rap ending? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you know, do you Are know we how just going to be- freestyle or? Well, can you beatbox, Eric? Yeah, I can do okay. that. Well, how about let's do you want to rap? Do you want to freestyle? Um no. No, I'm okay. bad at it. I'm bad at rapping. Well, well then leave it to the master. <laughs> um, okay, let's give him a call. Uh, so <laughs> the grand master. Uh, Grandmaster uh, Dan. Yeah, Grandmaster Dan. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> So you beatbox, I'll give them the rhythm. Is this the end of the show? Are we done? <laughs> well, let's let's try it out and let's see let's see let's see what happens. And if it turns out to be a failure, then yeah, it'll be the end of the show. Well, we should say thanks for listening and uh, subscribe so you're informed of when the episodes come out. And if you want a sticker, let us know. And uh, uh-huh. you should just talk to us because you know we're lonely. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the two of us, and we live here in your device, <laughs> and you just hear us talking. I know you think this is recorded or something, but this is live. We're very small. We live in your we're, phone. We're in your head. Yeah, we live in your earbuds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's give it up for rapping Danny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, rapping granny. I said hip hop. I hit it to the hip to the hip hip hop. Okay. Rapping granny. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> uh, hopefully hey, the beatboxing comes through. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. W, bring that beat back. Yo. Bye. Yo, yo, yo. Bye. Bye is what I say. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was, we're getting sued. Now you need to practice that at home, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye.